return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. In the office and so forth like that, so God bless you. You got a lapel mic? All right, well let's welcome Rand and see Pastor Rand. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Dave. It's uh, a privilege to come and speak tonight. I always appreciate the opportunity that Pastor Dave gives, not just me, but multiple, multiple people in this church to minister. You know, we talked this morning about fire starters and how it's just a, a school of the Holy Spirit and school of the Bible, and that's exactly what Holy Life Tabernacle is. Um, not just the fire starters group, but but it's just a school of ministry where no matter what you're doing, I mean, you can have a job that, that has nothing to do with, you know, full-time ministry or anything like that, but you can have a full-time ministry here at the church. Yeah. Amen. Isn't that great just yeah. to be able to do that? Amen. teaches us how to be a full-time minister on our job yeah. wherever we're at. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just pray before we start. Yeah. Father, we just thank you for thank all the Lord. blessings that you have for us, Lord. Yes, Lord. We thank you that we can meet today. Yes. Lord, unlike so many... Uh, places around the world that can't meet and can't congregate to praise your name, that can't, that have to secretly meet and learn about you, Lord. We thank you that we have the freedoms that we do to do this. Lord, and we don't take it for granted. We thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. My title today is Keep Your Eyes on Jesus. And, um, you know, we have a lot of Things in the world right now that want our attention. Amen. We have a, an election coming up in November um, that wants our attention. We have um, racial inequality and riots and protests and everything that can take our attention. We have coronavirus pandemic and all the necessary precautions we're taking that can take our attention. But I tell you what, we need to focus on Jesus. He's the number one attention getter. Amen. I've heard something long ago, and, and I've said it probably before from here, but we don't want to focus on the red or the blue or the, the donkey or the elephant. We want to focus on the lamb. Amen. Amen. That's right. We want to focus on the lamb of God. Amen. Not the red or the blue, but the white. Amen. He washed our sins white as snow. Amen. That's right. And so if we keep our focus on him and we keep our eyes on Jesus, yeah. we're not going to be led astray in the different, in the different places. You know, if you, if you focus on yeah. politics, whatever party you're from, and you focus just on that political agenda, you're going to get off track from the word. Yep. Amen? Because Satan loves nothing better than to get our eyes off of Jesus, yeah. to get our focus off of what he said about us <clears throat> and the different things in his word. Yeah. You know, athletes focus on their sport. Yep. You know, so when they, when they go and they're training, you know, if, there's a, if somebody wants to be a professional basketball player, they're not working on, on throwing passes with a football. Right. Amen. They're not working on hitting a tennis ball with a tennis racket. Now, if they want to be a professional basketball player, they're working on shooting, they're working on defense and dribbling. 
the things that go along with basketball. Amen. Likewise, a tennis player isn't focusing on their jump shot. Amen. A tennis player is focusing on the right angles and, and hitting ball after ball after ball on the tennis court. Amen. As Christians, our focus and our aim, how we prepare for ministry is to get in the Word and to practice ministering. Amen. And so when we get in the Bible and and we want to be a witness to people, amen, that's what we practice. So even if you don't feel like you're good at praying for somebody, pray for them anyway. Amen. If you don't feel like you're good at just going up and and talking to somebody about Jesus, all it takes is a word. Amen. I mean, it. Really, practicing love is just saying hi, is just giving a smile, amen, is just holding the door for somebody, is just showing kindness to somebody who you don't agree with, or maybe um, somebody that is unkind to you, showing kindness to them, amen. You know, surgeons focus on the surgery they're performing, amen. A a dentist isn't focusing on brain surgery, Amen. A, a dentist is focusing on, okay, what do I have to do in my job today? And he focuses yeah. on that. Yeah. They practice that and in, in they're getting their different degrees. Yeah. Amen. Fo- Christians should be focusing on their mission given by God. Yeah. We all have a mission. Amen. Yeah. We each have a mission from God, and it's an important one. Yeah. The Bible says that we are all men- members individually of the body of Christ. Yeah. <clears throat> all together, we form the body of Christ, the bride of Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, watching Albert and Abigail yesterday, you know, when they were dancing, they had their first dance, and they didn't take their eyes off of each other. It was just, it was really cool. And, you know, that's how we are with Jesus. Amen. Because we are his bride. Amen. And he's coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle. And I tell you what, when, when we're dancing with the Lord, he's not looking above our head. He's not looking off to the side. You know, he's looking at our in our eyes, amen. amen. And we want to do the same. We want to look into the eyes of Jesus, yes. amen, and keep our focus on him. Mm-hmm. But we do have an adversary who is the devil who's going to try to distract us yep. from our groom, amen. Yeah. Going to try to distract us from the one who loves us and the one who is for us yeah. and distract us from the mission that God has for us on this earth. Yeah. Amen. So we don't want to be distracted by the different things going on. Notice Jesus never allowed himself to be distracted by politics. He never allowed himself to be distracted by the Pharisees coming and trying to test him. Amen. Um, He never tried to be distracted by the taxes or anything that was going on in the world. What was he focused on? He was focused on his mission here on earth. Amen. And the Pharisees tried to distract him. Let's look at a couple examples of the Pharisees doing this. Matthew 4. Uh, well, this is well, the first one, Matthew 4, 1 through 4. Satan, it says, Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Notice first, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. What was he doing? He was preparing himself. Amen. He knew there was temptation coming. He knew that he had an enemy. He knew that he had just been baptized and, and the Holy Spirit sat on him like a dove. And, and the Father said, this is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased. Listen to his words. He knew that he was in a place of authority. That he was in a place that people were going to listen to him. Amen. Yes. He knew he was the Son of God. What did he do? He fasted for 40 days. He was preparing for that battle. Amen. And so when, when Satan said, 
command these stones to be turned to bread, Jesus didn't say, well, I'm up to the challenge. I can do that. You know, he didn't, he didn't take them. You know, what Satan tries to do, he tries to take us off base, and he tries to take us off course. Yep. Amen? Yep. So even, even, you know, Satan in his second, um, in his second temptation, he used scripture. He said, throw you down, your angels are going to catch you, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And so he, what was he doing? He was twisting scripture yep. to try to fit the narrative he wanted to, to show, to, for Jesus to perceive. What did Jesus say? He said, it is written. Amen. He always went back to the word. Amen. He always fixed his eyes on the Lord. Right. Whenever there was a temptation that came, whenever any of the Pharisees came at him and said, you know, what is the greatest commandment? He always focused back on the word. Yep. Amen? Yep. Mark twelve fourteen. when the Pharisees had come, they said, Teacher, we know that you are true and care about no one, for you do not regard the person of men, but teach the way of God in truth. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Shall we pay taxes or shall we not pay? But he, knowing their hypocrisy, said to them, Why do you test me? Bring a denarius that I may see it. Verse 16, so they brought it and he said to them, whose image is inscription and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. And Jesus answered and said to them, render to what Caesar, the things that are Caesar's, and to God, the things that are God. And they marveled at him. Now again, the Pharisees tried to take him away from, they didn't want him to mention God. They didn't want, they were trying to get his focus on the high taxes because back then they had to pay very, very high taxes. In, in Rome. And so they were saying, well, is it, is it lawful? Because the, he's, he's basically, he's stealing from us all of our money. He, his taxes are so high that it's, that it's really, should be illegal. And he's saying, should we still pay taxes even though it's illegal? What did Jesus say? He brought him back to the word. He said, render to what Caesar is Caesar's and render to what God is God's. Amen? Yeah. Mark twelve eighteen. Then some Sadducees who say there is no resurrection came to him and they asked him, saying, and then, sorry, I think Mark 19, 12, 19 as well. I actually didn't have this one in my notes, but um, Mark 12, 19. Teacher, Moses wrote to us that if a man brother dies and leaves his wife behind and leaves no children, his brother should take his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. So, Again, this is a very smart tactic by the enemy. The enemy will always say, and will go back to um, twisting the word of God. Mm-hmm. He'll give a scripture and he'll say, "Well, this is the word of God, so you might, you know, this is this is right." But we know that the devil says a lot of things. Yeah. Amen. And even though he quotes scripture, doesn't mean that it's in the right context. Amen. It doesn't mean that it's the right thing. I think one of the biggest examples of this. Um, you know, in the Old Testament especially, is when Job said, um, you know, he, he loses his family, he loses all of his livestock, and he says, well, God gave and took it away from me. But you see later on in Job that Job actually recants what he had said, and he says, I didn't know what I was talking about. Job comes back and says that I was wrong. Amen. Well, I, have a, I have a merciful God. I serve a, bless, a God who blesses and doesn't curse. A God who only gives and doesn't take away as far as hurting and harming me. 
Amen. But what do you hear? A lot of times you just hear the verse that says, God gave and take away. Well, yeah, it's true Job said that, but it's not true that God gives us harm or takes away family members or takes away possessions from us. Amen. No, he only wants good things for us. So then we go skip down to Mark 12, 24. And it says that, Mark 12, 24. Sorry, some of these were added. <laughs> added late. Mark 12, 24 says, Jesus answered and said to them, Are you not therefore mistaken because you do not know the scriptures? nor the power of God. So they try to say, Moses said this. And he said, no, you don't really know the scriptures. <laughs> you know, when, when Satan tries to, tries to manipulate us into twisting the scriptures, our response is, no, you do not know the scriptures because it is written this. Yeah. Amen. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every mouth that proceeds out of the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. It is written that you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Amen. It is written that I am a child of God because I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I think that's the one that he uses the most. He's going to try to say, well, you did this, this, and this last week, so who are you to call yourself a child of God? Yeah. Amen. So say, you're not worthy. You're not worthy to be a child of God. Amen. You have to pass this test. You have to jump through this hoop. You have to do this, this, and this. And then maybe God will allow you back into his family. Uh-huh. Amen. But that's not the truth, is it? Right. The truth is that when we became Christians, it says that we inherited eternity. Amen. And we inherited everything that a child would inherit from God. Amen. Yep. Yep. So, 24, you do not know the scriptures nor the power of God. Let's go a little bit farther. Mark 12, 28. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God and the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God, and there is no one but he, and to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength. And to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now when Jesus said, saw that he had answered or now when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to them, You are not far from the kingdom of God, but after that no one dared to question him. And I love that, that last part, that no one else dared to question Jesus after that. Amen? Why? Because he always went back to the Word. They knew they couldn't... The devil can't beat us on our territory. Amen? He can't beat us on our turf. Amen? If we stay in line with the Bible, there's no way that he can deceive us. Amen? It's only when he can get us off of our turf. It's only when we can get, he can get us away from the Word where he can start creating doubt and confusion, because the devil is the author of confusion. Yeah. I mean, he's the father of lies. So when he can start creating doubt and confusion, we know that we're playing on his terms. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to play on ours. Hallelujah. Yeah. So Jesus knew they were trying to trap him. 
Amen? As Christians, people will try to trap us in our words. They'll say something to maybe mislead or confuse us, or they might get us on topic of what we're trying to talk about. I remember I had somebody come, a Jehovah's Witness come, and, and you know want to talk about different things that weren't in the Bible. And I just kind of tried to focus, continue to focus the, the, the conversation back to Jesus. Yeah. Amen. And she didn't like that. And so she just ended up leaving. You know, and, and I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to be um, arrogant or prideful or trying to make her uncomfortable. I just, I just knew that if I got off topic of what I really wanted to talk about, then the, the opinions and conversations are endless. Amen. But if we, if we, when Satan tries to get us off track and we say, no, I'm going to stay on the word, I'm going to stay on Jesus, he's not going to try to attack in that area for very long. Amen. He'll move on to something else. Remember when Jesus, after he was done being tempted by, by Satan, he said he had tempted him in every temptation, he said he left him for a more opportune time. Amen. It didn't say that Satan just left him and, and just left him alone for the rest of his life. No, but what does he do? He'll, he'll test the, you know, uh, he'll, he'll test the, the electric fence. Amen. So if he can't get in here, he'll find a weak spot somewhere else. Amen. Hallelujah. So we want to be, we want to be ready for that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Right now in the U.S., we're divided over politics. And I've noticed, you know, on Facebook and different things that there's a lot of Christians and, you know, people that love the Lord are on fire for the Lord, but people like to talk more about political affiliation than they do about the Word of God. Amen. And... That's fine. I mean, if you want to be whatever party you are, that's, that's great. But when we talk about... Michael Jordan had a quote that I really liked. And it was kind of a... You know, he was joking, but it really rings true for Christians. But he said the media was trying to get him to endorse a candidate years back. And he, he was a Democrat, and he said, Republicans buy sneakers too. So in my ministry, I always think about this. I think no matter what party I am, you know, I don't want to alienate half of the people that I could be reaching. Amen? So when it comes to, you know, talking about politics, okay, but I always bring it back, well, the Bible says this. I want to talk about the love of God. I want to talk about the love of Jesus. Amen? Amen. That's what he's called us to do, to preach the gospel. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Satan wants to distract us from reaching people. It's not bad to talk about politics or to be passionate about issues. We want to keep things in perspective, amen, amen, about what we're trying to accomplish. Hallelujah. We want to keep our eyes on Jesus no matter who's pushing us from whatever side. Let's go to Luke 8, 41 and 42. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was ruler of the synagogue, and he fell at Jesus' feet. And begged him to come to uh, his house, for he had, only, uh, he had an only daughter about 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. So the multitudes were pressing up against him, were jostling him as he's trying to get here. And he was going to walk to talk to Jairus's, or to, to Jairus's house to heal his daughter. If we go, keep going, Luke 8:43. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all of her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, Who touched me? 
when all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitude throng and press you, and you say, who touched me? Notice what Peter was and the rest of the disciples were focused on. They were focused on the throng. They were focused on, we just got to get Jesus out of here. <laughs> we just got to get him to Jairus' house and everything will be good. What was Jesus focusing on? He was focusing on not the, not the multitude, but he was focusing on the people. There's a difference between focusing on the multitude and focusing on the people. And then Jesus was focusing, he was focusing on, okay, who needs to be witnessed to today? Who needs healing to today? And he was ready, so when she touched the hem of his garment and he felt the power go out of him, he was ready. He said, who touched me? Who just drew on the energy and the power that I have? Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. 46, Jesus said, somebody touched me before I perceived power going out of me. He wasn't distracted by the crowd. But he was focused on his ministry. Amen? Mm-hmm. Amen. Matthew 14:30. But when he saw that Peter saw the winds were boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Again, Peter focusing on everything that's going on around him, amen, but not focusing, not keeping his eyes on Jesus. Right. Well, remember, when he kept his eyes on Jesus, he was walking steady. The wind wasn't pushing him one way or the other. He wasn't even focusing on the wind. But when he started focusing on his situation, amen, when he started focusing on all the cares of the world, he started to sink. And that will, that's what's going to happen. You know, when we, when we start focusing on things other than the word, we're going to start to sink in life. And he doesn't want us to sink in life, amen? He wants us to rise. Amen. When Jesus calmed the storms, the disciple only saw the storm. Jesus saw the miracle. If you don't look past distractions, you're not going to see the miracle. Amen? Let's go to Luke 8, 51 through 54. When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in um, except Peter, James, and John, and the father and mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her, but he said, Do not weep, she is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside and took her by the hand, calling, saying, Little girl, arise. There are going to be a lot of people that doubt you and doubt God's ability to work through you. Amen? There going to be a lot of people that, that, you know, you're going to be, it's like Noah, when Noah was building the ark, and they ridiculed him. It hadn't rained before on the earth. And they, they ridiculed him. They, they thought he was, you know, being dumb by building this ark. What did he do? He kept his eyes on Jesus. He didn't say, eh, yeah, they're probably right. It's never rained before. Right. You know, I feel really ridiculous. I'm building this ark in the middle of dry land. There's not a sea yeah. <laughs> around me that I can push it to or pull it to. Yeah. Amen. There's only like seven of us that could actually try to pull it. Nobody here is going to help me. So I might as well just give up because it's probably not going to rain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he didn't say that, did he? No, he kept his eyes on the prize. Amen. He kept his eyes and focused on the mission God had given him. Amen? Same thing here. Jesus, when there were ones that ridiculed him, he said he put them all outside. He kind of, he removed the problem from the equation. Amen? He took those people and he said, no, I'm not going to let you ruin this. I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let you distract me from doing the work that God has called me to do. Amen? And it's easy, you know, it's, it's really easy to be distracted. It's easy to um, be walking along and serving the Lord, and then something irritates me over here. Yep. Or I have a problem with something over here, and so I go and try to deal with that problem 
or I try to deal with this irritation mm-hmm. and I get out of the word and now I'm just focused on this problem. Yeah. Amen. But no, you put them all aside. Any doubt that you have, any, any, um, any doubt or fear that you have in your mind, just put it away. Amen. Amen. If, you, if you feel like you're starting to doubt a promise that God has given you, I mean, just try to put it away. Mm-hmm. And the, the only way you can get rid of a thought, you know, Satan tries to give us thoughts, the only way you can get rid of a thought is by speaking the word. Mm-hmm. Amen? You can't get rid of a thought by replacing it with another thought. Yeah. Amen? We have to speak to the thought. And then we cast down all arguments. Amen. We speak to the thought. Tell it to leave in Jesus' name. We speak to the doubt. Amen. Tell it to leave. We speak to the fear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't let those who doubt you deter you from your ministry. Jesus even says in this next chapter not to get caught up with those who don't accept you. Luke 9, 1 through 6. It says, then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the, heal the sick. And he said to them, take nothing for the journey. Neither staffs nor bags, nor bread nor money. And do not have two tunics apiece. Whatever, your, whatever house you enter, stay there, from the, um, stay there and from there depart. And whoever will not receive you when you go out of the city, shake off the very dust from your feet. As a testimony against them. So they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Amen. What I believe Jesus was saying was when you go and you try to testify of me and they don't want to receive you, you've planted a seed. So go to the next place. He wasn't saying, well, forget them. They're going to go to hell. He wasn't saying that. No, what is he saying? He said, maybe you weren't the ones that can win this city, but you planted a seed. Go on to the next place. Amen. There's going to be people that you that you try to witness to and you pursue and it feels like you're not getting anywhere with them. Pastor Dave talked about a lot, you know, all the time when before he got saved, people would plant seeds in his life and how he'd resist and how he wouldn't want. He would walk across to the other side of the street if he saw somebody witnessing on on the sidewalk. What happened? Every seed, every seed brought him to the repentance that Jesus wanted for his life. Amen. So don't, don't be discouraged if you go somewhere and, and they just resist you. They don't want to talk to you. Right. I mean, I've, I've went down to the bars before and preached the gospel and handed out tracts and different things, just trying to tell people Jesus loved them. And, uh, you know, I, I've been cussed at. I've been told that if you come near my kids, I'm going to kill you, different things like that. And it's easy to get discouraged. Yeah. Like, for like a couple of days, I was like, oh, man, <laughs> that, 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 that didn't work. Amen. That didn't do anything. But what did it do? Hopefully it planted a seed. Amen. That's all we can do. Yeah. Amen. We inform people of Jesus' love, but it's the Holy Spirit that persuades people. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We can't persuade people by just being, you know, Paul says, I didn't come with persuasive words. Yeah. I came in the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I, came with some, I came with simplicity. We preach a simple gospel. Amen. That's all we need to do. The gospel of Jesus loves you. That's a, that's a simple gospel, amen? We, we inform and the Holy Spirit starts to persuade, starts to, starts to tug at some heartstrings, amen? All, the, all of us have opportunities to be a witness, amen? And you want to surround yourself with people who will build you up and not tear you down. Let's go to Matthew 6, 25 through 34. 
says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor weep, uh, reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So what is Jesus saying? Don't worry about any if you have lack. He's saying, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. I'm going to provide. I'm going to take care of you. It doesn't mean that we don't work hard amen, if, if we're lacking in something, and lacking in finances or whatever. We don't, it doesn't mean that we just say, okay, I'm just going to sit here. God will take care of me. I don't need a job or I don't need this or that. No, what is he saying? He's saying, don't be so consumed with wanting this and wanting that and needing this and needing that. If you do, I always feel like if if I do my due diligence, amen, and I go and and I am zealous for the Lord and I am doing what I can, you know, on my own, that the Lord blesses that. Amen. Do your best and let God do the rest. Amen. Do your best in life, Amen. and God will super abundantly bless us. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Verse 30, Now if God so clothes the, clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. And I've preached this before, but you notice that there's no second. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. And usually if you say, first do this, there's going to be a second, right? No, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and then crickets. <laughs> Amen? We seek the kingdom of God and that's all we need to do. And it says, these things shall be added to you. I always like when Solomon, when, when the Lord said to, to Solomon, he said, ask for anything and I'll grant it to you. As the king asked for anything, and Solomon said, you've given me all these people to judge. Give me wisdom. I want wisdom from you. And what did the Lord say? He said, because you didn't ask for riches, because you didn't ask for honor and glory, I'm going to give you wisdom, but I'm also going to give you riches. and I'm also going to give you honor and glory. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, what, Solomon, he didn't, I don't think Solomon, because he obviously wasn't wise yet, because the Lord hadn't given him wisdom yet. So he didn't say, well, if I ask for wisdom, then the Lord's going to give me all these things. Yeah. No, his, his intentions were pure. Amen. He wanted wisdom. Yeah. In life, we should, we should desire wisdom. Amen. You know, and it's not a hard thing to get, because the Bible says, whoever lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, right. who gives to all freely. Amen. Without reproach. Hallelujah. Yeah. Another thing Satan wants to do is try to get us distracted on the cares of the world. And I've fallen victim to that. I only have so much money in the bank. Or, you know, I, you know, I know some that, that maybe have um, estranged loved ones that don't want anything to do with them or, or aren't following the Lord or whatever. Mm-hmm. Amen. But we want to make sure that we keep our focus on the Lord. Because, again, it's our job to inform. It's the Holy Spirit's job to persuade. Amen. Scripture tells us not to worry, but seek first the kingdom of God. And then what happens after we do that? First Peter five six two seven says there, 
For, uh, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him. For he cares for you. And this word cares here in the Greek is uh, merimna, which means to divide the mind. So Satan wants us to be thinking of multiple things at once. So when we have cares of this world, where, you know, very rarely does anybody just have one care, I don't think, right? There's, all, there's multiple things that we're thinking about. I mean, right now, I'm thinking, okay, tomorrow, okay, let's see. All right, Mason has football practice, and then Alora has band and softball. Ariana has cross-country. When do I have to register the kids? I mean, I have so many alarms set, it's not even, it's not even funny. I can't keep track of all that stuff. It's just like in our spiritual walk. Satan wants us to be here, and he wants us to be here, and he wants us to be over here, yep. and not focus on the important things. Amen? Yep. Hallelujah. Yep. Thank you, Jesus. Satan wants us to be thinking of multiple things at once, so you don't know which way is up and which way is down. The word merimna uh, denotes distractions, anxieties, burdens, and worries. It means to be anxious beforehand about daily life. Pastor Dave says 75% of the, I can't remember the percentage, but most of the things that you worry about don't happen anyways. <laughs> Amen? Yep. Most of the things that we have to, that we're like, oh, I hope this doesn't happen, doesn't happen anyways. Amen? Right. But to be anxious beforehand about daily life. Yeah. Yeah. What if we had faith beforehand about daily life? Mm-hmm. Yep. Instead of having anxious and worry and fear and doubt, what if we just said, okay, Lord, before this day, I'm going to trust you. Yep. Every day. In the morning, okay, I don't know what the day is going to bring, yeah. but I'm going to trust you. Yep. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. And it happens, it goes through our whole life. Our whole life should be this, you know, being able to, to stay on the steady path. And it's not impossible. Um, another scripture that I, that I thought of during worship was in 2 Timothy. I didn't have it written down. Uh, 2 Timothy 4, uh, verse 6. And it's Paul talking, and he says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. In the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Amen. And what he's saying is, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have kept my eyes on Jesus. Amen. He kept his faith in Jesus no matter what happened. To finish a race, you have to know where to go, right? To finish a race, there's a, there's a finish line. You know, if you're running, if you're running, you know, a, um, a 400 meter uh, real, or 400 meter dash in track, mm-hmm. you have a specific lane that you have to stay in the whole time around. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if it goes up to 400, at least 200 for sure. Yeah. You can't go into the other person's lane. Right. If you're in lane two, you stay in lane two throughout the whole race. Yeah. Amen. Paul's saying, I didn't go into lane one. I didn't go into lane three. I stayed in my lane. Amen. I fought the good fight of faith. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. So tonight I just encourage you, keep the faith. Amen. Keep the faith. Keep your trust in Jesus. Amen. He's never going to lead you astray. Amen. It's it's never a bad idea to follow what Jesus has for your life. Amen. And, And the way that we know the path that the Lord has is we follow peace. I mean, he'll give us, a, he'll give you a peace in your heart that is unlike anything that you've ever experienced. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Father, 
We just thank you. We just thank you for all that you do, Lord. We thank you that we can rely fully on you. Father, we thank you that in the midst of anything going on, Father, in our lives, we can just keep our eyes fixed on you, Jesus. Hallelujah. There's nothing too big for you. There's nothing too hard for you, Lord. There's no report that's bigger than you. Every name is under your name, Jesus. And so we trust in you, Lord. We thank you that you are bigger than our problems, that you are bigger than our circumstances. You are bigger than our, uh, our failures. You are bigger than our, our situation, Father. And so, Lord, tonight I just, I just declare and decree peace in, in everybody's hearts tonight here, Lord, that you show them your peace, that they ask for your peace. In Jesus' name, we bless your name. We thank you for all you do for us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.